1: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you're always searching for your next great adventure or seeking answers to complex questions, if you think of yourself as someone who takes charge, is there for others, breaks down barriers, or sees the world for what it can be, then you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets with these traits and others to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. See yourself here.
2: To a Celtic state of mind We are collaborating on match day With Celtic Down Under and Paul John Dykes Over in Japan we have Liam Carrigan, welcome to the show Liam, how are you doing over there?
3: Hi, very good thanks It's uh, good to be here once again um, Yeah uh, Looking forward to hopefully a very uh, a very Good uh, performance today
2: Yeah, absolutely um, I mean, I find it Absolutely astonishing that uh, over the the piece, over the five years, we have gone from the Kitchen Table podcast, and here I am sitting in the same kitchen, although it's a different table, and I'm doing it all over again because I can't get out of Fife at the weekend due to traffic (laughs) disruption. (laughs) So here we go. Um, Last week, I'm in the car fretting and contacting Laura. I'm stuck and chatting. Laura, thankfully, saved my Mm. bacon. Um, This time round, as I say, it's a slightly different environment, but hopefully you will get the same chat from Axon and Celtic down under. There's been quite a lot of conversations through the week. We will revisit some of them, Liam. But let's start off with the team. Um, we'll, mm. we'll work through it bit by bit, blow by blow. But what's your your first impression of that starting eleven?
3: Well, um, I like the fact that the the back four is exactly as I called it on on yesterday's bulletin. As I uh, I said that Bernabe should be given a run out um, because he is looking good. He's getting better with every game. And uh, also, I thought that Ralston might be a good idea just to kind of uh, sort out any any Hearts players that decide to get a wee bit naughty.
2: I like that. The brickie. Get the brickie in. Um, <laughs> well, we'll start off with that then, right? Because obviously, uh, during the week, since the last game, the, the focus... You may get one day afterwards to look back on the previous game, Liam. Then the focus goes mm. right on to the next fixture. Um, I know it's a big football issue one game at a time, but you do, you focus on the next game. And mm. obviously you listen to all the pre-match and all this kind of stuff. And um, there was a, a clip of a, a Hearts player going on about their approach to playing Celtic. So I think mm. with that in mind, and we'll get to Yakamakis up top as well, you know, the, the likes of Moy, Roust and Jakimakis, that's a type the player you want in a game like that If they are basically rolling up their sleeves And going to toe to toe with us
3: Aye um, You know if if the This hearts player in question wants a battle I say bring it on because we will We will destroy them if they take that attitude um, If they're not You know hearts are the sort of team That Celtic could easily take apart And score you know Several goals against if they mm-hmm. Try to get too fly with us
2: yeah. You know this, right? Uh, last week, I was probably, sorry, midweek, I was probably coming across as a bit uh, gallus at best. Um, <laughs> mm. Because what I was saying is, you know, we, we've we've, um, we've got back into the groove. We're free scoring again. We're playing a lot of good football. We're, we're more clinical because that word kept getting used. We weren't clinical enough. And very, mm. very rarely do you ever predict a high scoring game. You might, you might feel really confident and say, I think we're going to win 3-0 or 3-1. So I just chomped it out there, Liam. I just said, you know, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna battle them uh, seven <laughs> one. we didn't, of course uh, we didn't it four uh, nil. Um, but you know, yeah. these high scoring encounters, I do think back to a game, believe it or not, um whereby the the great Frank McGarvey was at a game with myself, yes, I'm name dropping him, he's a legend, absolutely. <laughs> and we were playing Saint Mirren right? And um I'm not, I'm not making this up. You know, God is my witness. Frank McGarvey predicted 7-1. And that, that's mm. exactly what it was. I think it was 7-1. It was that game that Lee Griffiths, remember, he scores a hat-trick and then we break it oh, over. I think it was 7-1. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments. Mm-hmm. Someone out there will be able to check that. And Frank mm. got it spot on. Um, I'm not quite <laughs> as confident today. But what I do want is I want plenty of goals. Because if you look at every single Game we've played this season, there. and there's one thing's for sure: we've always created chances. It's just the case Aye. now of converting them.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think um, we will get chances today for sure, and uh, hopefully we'll take a few of them. But like you say, Tyne Castle is not the easiest place to go. Um, I've uh, I'd, I'd be quite happy with something in the range of two or three nothing. But I think mm. if we uh, if we get a couple of early goals like we did against Hibbs. Um, then the floodgates could
2: open. Yeah, without a doubt. And um, we'll run through both teams then, Liam, and and we'll have a look a wee bit more closely at some of the selections that we've got, Joe Hart and goals. Uh, Joe Hart, he went through a kind of a a ropey period, let's just say, Liam, and some were vouching for him to to drop out and uh, for Segrist to come in for a run in games. That didn't happen. We know that Segrist has played in two League Cup games. Um, I think that situation's been managed particularly well. What's your thoughts on that, with Joe Hart and his performances?
3: To be honest, I uh, not not a lot of um, not a lot of Celtic supporters that I've spoken to have said anything about you know. Yeah, Joe Hart made that made a blunder in the European game, right? It was a blunder, right? It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't remember who it was. But whoever played the ball back to him in the first place was equally culpable, you know. Um, but uh, the goalkeeper is always the one that gets that gets the blame when something like that happens, um, and I think, particularly in the in the Scottish media, there was an attempt to kind of construct this narrative about oh, is Joe Hart still good enough, whatever?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And it's mm-hmm. because Rangers axed their goalkeeper after one bad game, basically, and the implication was that Celtic should do the same. Difference is we did not get we did not get skelped four 0 by our biggest rival. <laughs> so, um, I think um, you know, losing in Europe to a very good uh, a very good Bundesliga team is a bit different from getting getting gubbed four 0 in the Scottish League. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that one mistake aside, I think Joe Hart has been a solid performer. You know, people said he was a wee bit a wee bit slow against St Mirren but so were the so were the rest of the team as well. You know, um I I don't like it when when the team has a bad performance. I don't like it when we single out individuals because I think, no, no, you play as a team, you win as a team, you lose as a team. So if the team gets beat, maybe I've just been in Japan too long, but it's a collective thing over here. It's like the
2: the team prospers and the team endures together, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. And, you know, the thing Um, with Joe... Joe Hart, as well. You look at the performances, Liam, but you also look at the influence that he has. And I think what is, was really important, and something that we have mentioned quite a few times on the bulletins and on the match days, is particularly in Europe. Now, I know that's where the big mistake happens, right? But, mm. um, you know, the, the starting lineup in our last game there, only Joe Hart had Champions League experience prior to this season. And I think that's huge. You know, you're going into the unknown the gaffer as well. He's never, you know, in a in a group mate match in the Champions League, never managed in that in that tournament. So I think that to have Joe Hart in there was absolutely pivotal. And he's you know, he's old enough and experienced enough him to play through a, a couple of bad games and come through the other end. And and I'm hoping today uh, we're not really looking at that um position in the park at the end of the game in relation to the performance because, you know, I've heard this uh, argument time and time again, yeah, Craig Gordon's doing brilliantly for Perhaps right, but you know at that by the by the same token, I don't regret moving him on when we did because when you look at his lack of game time leading up to mm-hmm. his removal from Chelsea, but yeah, it turned out to be bad timing because uh, we thought we had a deal with Foster, we didn't, and we ended up going out and buying uh, broadcasts for big money. But I, I stand by the decision itself. I think it was the right time for Craig Gordon to move on.
3: Aye, and you've got to remember that Barkas came to Celtic with a very good track record. I mean, the Greek league is definitely of a, you know, it's not an elite league, but I think it's a higher standard than Scotland for sure. And he had consistently performed well in that league for a a number of years before we signed him. So, yeah, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out for a player, but I don't necessarily think it was Barkas's fault. I think Celtic and him were just not a good fit.
2: They weren't a good fit. Um, and again, I'll probably bring a Yeti in in, in season one into this this point. Uh, the circumstances mm-hmm. around it, Liam, you know, bringing a player in from elsewhere, they're, they're not uh, living in a permanent address, they're living in hotels, they can't integrate with the team off the park. So straight off the bat, the relationships, the team morale, the bonding, all the stuff that happens um, that we don't see, but obviously, mm-hmm. you know, feeds into the player's psyche for... For uh, match day. All of that was kinda missing during that particular season. We'll never know under normal circumstances how those two guys would have done. And you know, that's yeah. pretty sad. They go out and loan. You wish them all the best.
3: Uh, and the frustrating thing is I fully believe they'll go somewhere else and have very successful careers. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I think they're both they're both capable, you know.
2: I wouldn't surprise me if Barkas ends up um playing his way back into the international team. Uh Yeti has already shown that, that he can score goals. He's doing that at a different level and at a different club. Um, and, you know, I'm getting a few messages coming in saying that uh, these early kickoff times are great for our Australian fans. Welcome, everybody, if you're tuning in from Australia. Liam, of course, is tuning in from Japan, although he is part of the Australian podcast and broadcast Celtic Down Under. Uh, always an array of football jerseys hanging up in your... You're we den there. You're recording <laughs> den. I know right. you're a big football fan, aficionado. There's been a couple of releases this week that have been very interesting, Liam. Mm,
3: I got the um, yeah, so I've got the new Japan home shirt behind me, and I've got the Celtic third kit the mm-hmm. the cursed grey third kit which I ordered before the Saint Laren games so don't blame me
2: <laughs> I, I know you're a big fan of the jerseys and um, it's, mm. it's astonishing isn't it how a particular jersey can hold such fond or otherwise memories and um, obviously uh, the one again for me I remember the we cup final against uh, Kelly as well and a jersey mm. that up to that moment I really really loved is just etched in my memory for that particular poor result. But that's the way it right. goes in football. And hopefully we can wear that, that grey jersey again and, and um, you know wash away the memories of Paisley. Uh, we'll run through the rest of the Celtic lineup. Uh, in defence, you were happy with the defence, the way we're lining up. We're Alston at right back, Bernabe at left back and the central defensive partnership of Carter Vickers and Jens. Um, yeah. I've, I've liked what I've seen so far of Bernabe. I think he was called a slow burner uh, when Andrew was talking about him and Haxabanovich. Um, about a week ago, Liam, how impressed mm-hmm. he had been, particularly with his attacking play. Uh,
3: yeah, I really think that he... Um, it, it, it's good to have the options, depending on who you're playing against, because I think at the moment with his experience and his defensive qualities, Taylor is better suited to Champions League games, whereas Bernabe is good for games like today where you want to go out and really aggressively attack the opposition and score a few goals. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it it reminds me. I mean, I'm I'm not saying he's as good as him, but it reminds me a bit more of Kieran Tierney in that sense. Um, you know, Tierney loved to play the kind of overlapping fullback role, and yeah. it's something that we tried to kind of replace him with Ballinggolly, but Ballinggolly did not have the defensive attributes needed for that. Um, and but Bernabe shows the potential that he could be that kind of player for us in
2: the in the years ahead. What did you make of Kieran Tierney's interview? It's always great you know, to to hear from people like Kieran Tierney. I mean, some of the, the shows out there, would be good, fantastic if Axon could secure an interview with someone like Kieran Tierney. But obviously, BT Sport have got better contacts than us. And I love hearing um, players like Tierney. And he was talking so, so fondly. I mean, that was never in doubt. Um, yeah. And he was mentioning about at some point coming back. Well, if he's going to come back, he's going to have to displace... Andy Robertson from the left-back position at that stage, as you know, because he wants to come back as well. <laughs> it's just typical Scotland, isn't it? We finally produced two world-class players and they play the same position. <laughs> I know, I know. And you've got poor Greg, Greg Taylor, whose performances have been outstanding. And I think, um, you know, in any other either, he'd have been a first, a first pick, but uh, it was oh, very, very strong, uh, internationally very strong. I found it interesting, mm-hmm. I'm talking here now about... Uh, Jens and Carter Vickers, not to forget Ralston yeah, totally agree with you, bring Ralston in for games like this Um, he's made for games like this but um, Jens and Carter Vickers have built something of an impressive partnership at the back, Um, I'm not obviously writing off Carl Starfield when he comes back then that's a brilliant headache to have in terms of selection but one thing that was annoying me was um, the almost the pedestrian nature of of the passing from the two centre-halves when it was Jens and Welsh there was very, very rarely a pass made to a, a winger, um, but that was all blown out of the water against Hibbs, wasn't it? Because Jens and Katla Vickers kept finding Pax Banovic. I'm just looking here. Um, I'm not sure what this particular graph is called, Liam. Um, mm-hmm. One of the statos might be able to tell me, but there is a graph and it shows you the frequency by which a player passes to another player on the park. So it's quite easy to look at and say, right, we're not utilising the ringers from the centre-half positions. Against Hibs, that was completely different. And it carved them open, put them on the back foot, created chances. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, I'll be interested to see today, actually, looking at that, I'll be interested to see how uh, Maeda links up with uh, with uh, Bernabe, considering that him and Haxabanovich really, really played well together, particularly in the first half uh, last week.
2: Mm. yeah. And, and the thing you've mentioned there about uh, Tierney bombing, bombing down the left. People often speak about Greg Taylor and um, a lack of distribution, etc. But Taylor had some, you know, incredible stats when it comes to assists. He has last season mm-hmm. and this season a very good record indeed. Um, I'm going to move now into the the midfield positions where we have uh, Aaron Moy, Matt O'Reilly, and Rio Atati. Um, again I'm going to ask you the question around Moy uh, you mm. obviously are part of the Celtic down under team Moy's arrival at Celtic was uh, met with a lukewarm response which mm. camp were you in when we signed him, I know Jared wasn't a massive fan, what, which camp were you in there
3: I thought it was a good addition to the squad I wasn't sure how much of a first team fixture he would be um, because I saw him as very similar to Callum McGregor Um, Mm. but uh, I think McGregor's a better player overall. I don't think that's really up for debate, but um, they're different types of players, though, in in the way they, the the role they play. But um, I I thought, yeah, good addition to the squad, a good experienced player, because our profile of player at the moment kind of skews towards the um, under-25s, and you need a couple of old heads in there to... I mean, we've got Joe Hart, obviously, but, you know, in front of him, he's got Ralston, who's, what, 23? Mm. Carter Vickers is, I think, 23, 24. Yen's is about the same. Bernabe is, what, 21? You know, it's a very young defence. Yeah. Um, so having an experienced head in the midfield is definitely a good thing. And, you know, I, I talked about this with, with Kevin on the show last night. Um, I, I really don't get this thing that people say, oh, he's got no pace, he's got no pace. Um, So what? Some of the best players in world football history couldn't run. Right? I mean, they didn't have to because they had the football brain and they had the passing yeah. ability, they had the distribution and they had the vision. Mm-hmm. So I think Moy's lack of pace, yeah, he is a bit slower than, than the likes of Hatati obviously, right? But his passing makes up for it, in my opinion. And I think he, he plays a very good role. Um, but the real standout for me has been the way Matt O'Reilly has stepped in to the more kind of defensive duties since oh, yeah. Callum McGregor's been out of the team. That, has, that that completely stunned me. I did not see that coming at all. I didn't think he had that in his game, but he does.
2: He <laughs> does. and Yeah, we had the, the chat on Monday, um, Colin and I, because I, I've been completely... Astonished like yourself, really. And um, should I have been astonished. He's a great footballer. He's played there previously. I, you know, I just didn't expect him to to adapt in, in the way that he has done. Uh, the defensive qualities that he has shown me, um, you know, have been superb. And it really just shows you the the, uh, the real quality and adaptability in Matt O'Reilly, a player who I think that um, I've got to admit, when we signed him, I didn't know a great deal about him. Um, it doesn't. I, I'm pretty sure Ange doesn't uh, gauge who to buy regarding what I know about them. But I didn't know a great deal about Matt O'Reilly. And he's, he's, he's really, for me, he's been a sensational signing. Um, the mm. price that we paid for him is just laughable. Um, you know, I think Lauren said pound for pound. It's difficult to figure out who your best signing has been when you look at Hitati O'Reilly, um, Joe Hart. Some of the signings, incredible. Um, and, a, and a wee word on Riho Hattati as well, because again, I thought he came out of the traps absolutely in blistering form at the beginning of the season there was a wee bit and but I think he's regained it how impressed were you with, with his goal the other night as well Liam
3: that well i think my my dad summed it up well when we were talking about it yesterday he said um he said that's the sort of thing you do when you're like 14 years old in the playground and you're showing off to your pals it's not <laughs> it's not a sort of thing you're supposed to do in the middle of a professional football match you know but it was just the the sheer quick thinking the the intelligence, the arrogance of it was just beautiful.
2: It really was. It was. It was, aye, audacious. Cookaburra, uh, mm. welcome to the show you're watching on YouTube. If anyone hasn't already subscribed to the channel, please do that. We're heading towards 20,000 subscribers on there. And if you want to support the channel, you can buy some of our merchandise, Hoop, um, top, shamrock jerseys, shamrock trackies, they're all in there. The link is under the video. Cookaburra, uh, I picked to start loving correctly, first time since Ange has been here. It is often difficult um, to to predict an 11 when Ange is at the helm. Um, FS feeling much more positive about the heavy rotation than earlier in the season. It is all about the squad. What do you make of the rotation then, Liam? Because I was saying before we came on there.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox.
0: Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: I like the way he's doing it. I didn't like the Saint Mirren rotation. I felt it was too much, but he's tinkering mm. and he's tweaking it, and, and it means that all the players are getting the game time that we need.
3: I, I mean, the thing with rotation, the most difficult part of a squad rotation system is the first three or four games because you have guys coming in who have not played, but. Yeah it's at the point now where almost everybody in the squad has had a couple of games. Um, And so they can come in and there's already that, they're already at that, that certain minimum required level to go in and do a job. Mm -hmm. Um, I am, you know, I'm surprised that Maeda's starting today, to be honest though. Um, You know, I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of the guy, but I, I thought, you know, I thought on form at the moment, Haksibanic was pretty much undroppable. You know. Ah, yeah.
2: um, oh, no, so definitely. Mm-hmm.
3: That does surprise me a wee bit, but Ange knows what he's doing, so he's obviously got
2: something in mind. Absolutely. We'll, we'll come to Haksibanic as well. I've been so impressed with him. Um, you and Boy Martin brings up. I'm not going to call it the elephant in the room. We all know it's coming. You and Boy Martin. <laughs> uh, hail hail <laughs> to you, sir. Interesting to see how Val watched today. Say Ange wasn't that bothered about it, was he? No. <laughs> <laughs> he says he uh, can't believe the excitement everybody seems to have over VAR, and um, he wants the refs to get it right first time. Come on, Ange, You've been in the country eighteen months. You know better than that. Um, I mean, it is one of the things you just hope it isn't a discussion point at the end of the game, don't you?
3: Aye, I, I mean that—that's the thing. I was—I was again. I was saying last night. You know, I went to my my first football game uh, in three years uh, a couple of weeks ago. The Japan and New Zealand ladies' international teams, and that game had VAR, but I think there was like two checks throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. One for uh, an offside that w- was clearly offside. I mean, we we could see it even from the from the stand. It was offside, and another for a for a possible yellow card. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you know that was it basically. Um, you know, but as i said as i said last night as well though i think that part of that speaks to the fact that the japanese probably run vr far more efficiently than it's going to be run in scotland um but also the fact that the women's football in general they they just they just tend to get on with it they're, they're no as they're not as theatrical or melodramatic or trying to trick the referee into giving away penalties or whatever as as the men seem to be sometimes you know
2: mm, interesting observation did you enjoy the game though because it's first time back in three years um, what, what kind of precautions like what kind of precautions over there? Are you still masked up in that realm when you go to the game? Um
3: masks, yes, depending on where you're sitting. Um mm-hmm. there was like we were in the the stand opposite the uh opposite the the, the, the benches if you like. And behind one of the goals was like the I, I don't know what they're called, but the the, the Japanese national team equivalent to the green brigades, right? The ones that were all singing and waving the banners and all that, right? They were not required to be masked, um, right. but they were, you know, they bought tickets specifically saying you're going into the singing section. You're mm-hmm. going to be in close proximity to a lot of people. There's going to be shouting, you know, it's, it's a high risk area and it's up to you if you want to take that risk. Now, my, my wife for, for medical reasons, um, is still scared of Covid, um, so we went for the the regular seating which is like still, you're still in with a crowd but you're fully masked and you know, disinfect your hands, going in and out and whatever, um, which in a stadium is all you can really do, yeah. besides an open air arena like a stadium is not as conducive to transmission as for example a, a music concert might be where it's all indoor, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so. Yeah, you know, I mean, normality has to come back at some point. And, you know, um, I think that the Japanese authorities are doing it as best as they can, really, with in terms of getting the football going. And we've had crowds back in for, I think, I think for about a year now. I think it was about this time last year that they first brought back crowds. And they phased it in. It was 5,000 maximum, then it was 10,000, then it was full capacity. Um I mean, it's only the top three or four teams in the J-League that would have a regular crowd of more than about 20,000 anyway. So um, it wasn't that big of an issue. But yeah, I, I, I think we're you know, doing, doing what they have to do. And I I feel quite safe at the stadium. I really enjoyed being back. And I'm looking forward yes. to uh, to going to another game soon, hopefully. I hope Celtic get their, get their backsides over
2: here for a pre-season tour. That would be good. Um, here's here's the two ends of the scale when it comes to VAR. Ewan Boy says that it's interesting to see how VAR works today, but um, if we look at Peter McKill, he thinks it'll be interesting to see how the officials behave today. So there you go. Yes. Scottish football, yes. in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Um, right, yeah. so loads of the conversation during the week there was around uh, players like Hugo Yakamakis. You've already mentioned Maeda, the surprise inclusion over someone who's really informed at the moment. And, of course, on the right-hand side, we've got Forrest, who dropped out against Mullowell after a brilliant performance against Hibs, where he got a hat-trick. He scores his 100th goal. A couple of conversations during the week um, on the socials and also on the bulletin, Liam. So I'm going to throw it over to you. John and I spoke about that word legend when we were talking about Forrest, and it seems mm-hmm. to rattle people. You know, He's not a legend. How can you put him in the same category as Jimmy McGrory? Well, there's different versions. There's different types and uh, you just got to look at the the role called the role of honour in relation to James Forrest would suggest that he's right up there. I don't know if the, the right word is legend. He's certainly a great, and it's great to see him but, back on form.
3: To me, though, when you're talking about a club, like a football club as opposed to like, you know, as opposed to football overall, right? You know, um, a club legend is somebody who has spent a long time at the club has made a significant contribution to the club. And I'd say 100 goals is a very significant contribution. I mean, like, case in point, and it's no disrespect to this particular player, right, but you ask any Arsenal fan, is Tony Adams an Arsenal legend? They'll say, oh, yes, no question, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But in my opinion, a very ordinary workman-like defender, nothing outstanding about him as a player at all. But every Arsenal fan would say he's a legend because of his service to the club over a long period of time. And I think it's the same with James Forrest. Now I think James Forrest is a class player. I've always thought he's a class player. And I'm glad that he stuck around when there were rumours last season that he wouldn't. Because I think you know, much like Aaron Moy he's a good experienced player to have as part of the squad. um, Regardless of who is playing every week. Um, But yeah, he's a legend. Um, I think in ability and in terms of Uh, Impact at the club. So, yeah, no question. To me, Legend is a very appropriate label.
2: Yeah, I've got him up there. People disagree, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Mm -hmm. Um, Yakimakis up top was another discussion point, um, and that is keeping a lot of people in comments happy. MKM 1990 is quite happy with that as well. Um, Kyogo is a supreme talent, in my view, Liam, but there are certain games like today that you think, you know, in that hostile environment, not only coming the hostility, not only coming from the stands, but from the opposition players. But Jack mm-hmm. can rough them up. Put him in there into the, uh, you know, for me, you know, into the melting pot, and I'm pretty sure he can handle it.
3: I would like it if you know. I, I think the perfect scenario would be if we can get a, get a goal or two in the first half, and Jack gives their defenders a good roughing up. Maida runs them ragged on the wing. And then you bring on Kyogo and Hakzabanić in the second half to run at a tired defence and just rip them to shreds.
2: Yeah, I mean it's so doable when you look at that bench. One of the the big concerns for our periods last season was the uh, the weakness that we had uh, in terms of options. But when you look at it now Seagrast, Taylor, Kyogo, Hakzabanić, Abada, McCarthy, Idiguchi, Abilgard, and Iuranović, I mean that that bench is pretty frightening, it's a frightening prospect for any opposition team um, so is the pronunciation of Abiel Gard's name because I'm I'm aware that I'm not <laughs> pronouncing that right Liam but I will <laughs> learn the proper pronunciation, I'd like to <clears> see <throat> more of him I'd like to see more of him, I don't know if today's the day uh, that we see a bit of Idiguchi as well because you know I'm hanging on to your every word with Idiguchi and I'm not giving up on him yet I think we'd, we, we will see the player that he can be for us Do you know, I think today
3: might actually be a good game for him to come on into, especially if if we're winning, because psychologically, and it's horrible that we have to think this way, but this is how Scottish football works, right? Psychologically, it needs for for Gucci to have somebody boot him up in the air and he's all right. Then mentally, that's him got beyond the injury and the worry of it recurring. Um, One bad tackle on him and he walks away from it, and
2: I think he'll be a, a a better player and a better man for it. I'd like to see that today. Um, loads more to discuss. We'll obviously catch up again at time and a way to get the action. Um, an absolute pleasure, as always, uh, for Liam to tune in from Japan, representing Celtic Down Under. Matchday is a collaboration between Celtic Down Under and Axom, so I hope you enjoy that. Thanks, everybody, for getting up um, early, if that's what you're doing. Um, what time is it where you are, Liam? Is it night time? Half, Half eight, Half eight, yeah. Half eight. Um, if you're in uh, certain areas of Australia, you might be getting up early to watch the game. Fantastic. Enjoy the first half. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you once again, Liam Carrigan, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Thank you. Liam, i seen a tweet there. Um, mm-hmm. Varsical. varsicle, And that's exactly what that first half was. A VAR tag team with Stephen McLean and Nick Walsh. Um, an absolute disaster in our first half um in relation to the decisions made Ange was left laughing and holding his head in his hand what do you make of all of that nonsense
3: well let's see uh, perfectly good goal disallowed for no valid reason um two players were offside but they were not active um Giacomakis was fouled <laughs> as the ball came across um then Hearts get a penalty, which initially I actually thought penalty. But through the benefit of a replay, you see that the Hearts player gets a ball, but he does so by showing his studs with a high boot. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's a foul on Carter Vickers. It's, it's not a penalty. Then there's the most obvious handball you'll ever see. And uh, the referee says, no. Um, I just, I, I, I really, well, if there was ever anybody who was saying, look, you know, I've been saying for months, VAR is not the silver bullet that's going to kill all the problems in Scottish football. And I think um, today just proves that in a nutshell.
2: We've just seen 45, in fact, we've just seen 50 minutes of proof, Um Aye. Welcome to the show, incidentally. I'm Paul John Dykes. I am joined today by Liam Carrigan. This is a Celtic state of mind, and we are working alongside Celtic down under for the match day. It's half time, and it's Hearts 1, Celtic 1. All the talk is going to be around that display of the, um, the VAR tag team of McLean and Walsh. Some of the decisions are absolutely bizarre Um, and Michael Warner comes in sorry but that made no sense to me it it makes perfect sense Michael because you know I think we've seen it coming we've seen it coming I I think the moment where you just thought that even Ange who had been playing it down all week Liam even Ange was laughing and he's he's applauding he's actually applauding the officials for their for their um, inability to do their, their job, um, and I, yeah. I think that what we'll try and do is a blow-by-blow blow, uh, of this game. It's a it's a poor game in terms of the weather. Uh, you've seen a lot mm. of passes skidding on that park. I think Ralston's got a hard time at down the right hand side, and it's you know it, it's shown a wee bit. But you know the first goal. Let's talk about the first goal um, before mm. we get into some of the poor decisions. Um, scored by Forrest, yep. made made by Ralston, two of the players yep. who have had a hard time in the past. But um, I think that there is no doubt both of them are, are brilliant parts of the squad. Rawson done ever so well to get that ball across. And, of course, you know, Forrest scores goal number 101. He's a legend. Uh, <laughs> is that is
3: that the first time John, uh, that, uh, that James Forrest has scored a header? Because I do not remember him scoring a
2: header before today. Potentially. Come on. The stats <laughs> are in the comment section lot as well. I can't remember him scoring a header either. And I love these celebration. You know he's up there, no, I... you know in, a, in amongst it with regards to uh, surrounded by Hearts fans and and just the, <laughs> the emotion that he showed. So what what a goal up! And I think at that point though, um, I would say that we were deserving of that lead. There was one wee thing that I've that I've noted here, Liam, um, a few mm-hmm. minutes before the goal, and it was they made a chance, They made a chance that uh, has gone behind after uh, ricocheting off a Hearts player's face, and Hearts get a bye yeah. kick, and. You know, I'm trying to remember which player went up to the, the referee, I think it was Maeda himself went up to Walsh, and Walsh you could Aye. see it, he said go away it was just yeah. the disdain that he has um, for any decisions, any anything at all, any shouts that we are, we're trying to um, get in this game and I was a wee bit concerned at that moment in time, should we be concerned? Well,
3: yeah I think there are causes for concern, I um- I still think we'll win this game. I think we will. We've opened up hearts a few times with a couple of slick passing moves. And if we can get that going again in the second half, the goals will come because they're not good enough to shut us out for a whole another 45 minutes. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> you know, I I, I, I I think of something that a friend of mine once said, and it was, it was actually in relation to a dispute we had with a boss at work. He said, never never put down to uh, maliciousness what you can put down to incompetence. But referees today, that that crosses a line beyond just
2: incompetence. There's, there's something, there's an agenda there, clearly, clearly. You know the thing, Liam, right, I, I said something similar the other week. I've always used the incompetence line because mm-hmm. I think, you know, you look at some of the examples you do, you look at some of the examples over the years. You speak to some mm-hmm. ex-players um, over the years as well, and they've been used at the level of incompetence. But the other week mm-hmm. there, it, it kind of went beyond that for me against Hibbs. You know, when I'm looking Aye. at McLean and I'm looking at some of those decisions, and people in the comments will be saying it, you know, it went beyond that years ago uh, in relation to some of the decisions. But you watch that there today, Autumn, Autumn Glow comes in, and he, he or she... Uh, Autumn yeah. Bull comes in to say it's a penalty, in, in your opinion. That's fair enough. But why did that take three minutes? And why was Ralston's goal not given? I think that is part of the frustration here, Liam. You yeah. look at yeah. Ralston's goal. It's, it's disallowed for a foul, apparently, by Yakamakis. You look at yeah. you watch it back, you think... You know, Nick Walsh is, is actually called it before the balls hit the net. It goes to the VAR replay and it comes back and the goal's disallowed. It's pathetic. It really is. It's so poor. I do think Celtic have got enough to win this game, um, but you know you're up against it. And I think if the penny hadn't dropped already with Ange, and you you know Ange better than I do, right? Not on a personal Aye. level, but you've got more experience and What was that all about during the week? Was he just trying to take the heat away from that? Because he must realise, you know, with he's clapping the officials. Um, you know, he's laughing at that decision. John Kennedy's talking to the fourth official. They must hmm. realise it's an absolute disgrace the way they're going about their business, these officials.
3: Aye, but I think Ange is of a mind that, well, you know, as as Jock Steen said back in the day, as long as we score enough goals to win the game, it doesn't matter what the referee does, you know. Um, and I think Ange is, I think he's fully aware of the issues with referees, but he's of the mind that we're going to win in spite of them. Yeah. So, Um, But, you know, that that display there, something that made me think about, right? There's a thing we do in in school in Japan here. I I teach in primary schools, right? And we have this thing called Soji time, which is like 15 minutes after lunch, where the kids spend 15 minutes cleaning the school, right? They clean all the floors or the tables, whatever. I'll get to the point here. Bear with me, right? Um, But there are some ways who just don't want to do it, right? So they deliberately do it so badly that eventually say, look, just step back, I'll do it myself, and you sweep the floor yourself, right?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: I honestly wonder if they're trying to deliberately make such a complete and utter cock-up of VAR that in a couple of weeks people are going to say, do you know what, just scrap it, it's no ready. Because clearly no. the referees don't want it, and they are trying to make it as difficult and as and as belligerent as possible.
2: You know, you, you said something there, it's not ready. I remember that conversation happening about a week ago where um, officials were coming out and saying, oh, there's going to be teething problems. And the um, the question was why? Because if there's going right. to be teething problems, why are we introducing it at this, uh, this early um, juncture? Um, now, stockroom Room 10 comes in. To say you're watching this on YouTube, they both got to the ball. That is and always has been a joke. Stephen Sloan is more concerned with the performance of Celtic. Hearts deserve to be level, reckon Stephen. We can't handle the press and her fasten is poor when they're struggling to play it from the back.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox
4: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent.
0: As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: Still back some lingers. Our backs and ringers are offering little. Let's concentrate then, Liam, on Celtics' mm. performance. I think in the opening stages there, um, Hearts had the first real chance of the game. I think it was a decent save by Joe Hart. We spoke about Hart mm-hmm. before the game. Um, and up to then, it was kind of like end-to-end, end, but I think a lot of the, the the play that you would expect from Celtic has been affected slightly by the conditions. Uh, yeah. No excuse me, because obviously we did take the lead. Um, but up to the point where we scored the goal, um, I've, I've seen great uh, defensive tackles by Maric Jens, Really good defensive play by O'Reilly, um, but probably mm. not enough. Not not enough up to that stage. First quarter of an hour uh, of us creating anything. Um, would you would yeah. you go with that? Do you think the goal came at a good thing for Celtic?
3: It did. It did because Hearts were on the ascendance at that point, and the goal was it was like a, a a hammer blow to them because they 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 did they they staggered for the next five or ten minutes after that as well. We could we could have got more if we'd have turned the screw a little bit on them but um, I think that uh, Hearts do deserve some credit. Now was it a penalty? Was it no a penalty? I don't think it was but a lot of people think it was and I think it's one of those that take VR out of the equation it could be given, it could not be given right? but I do think that um, Hearts deserved possibly to get back into the game because they have been Having a go, they've, they've contributed something to this game, and you do have to give them some credit for that. I think.
2: Yeah, I, I think so, and we've got a game in our hands now, Liam. I mean, yeah. uh, going by the comments, uh, a lot of people are saying, you know, they, they think that the Cameron Carter-Vickers offence uh, was a foul and it was a penalty, right? Okay, mm-hmm. so you take that one on the chin. Um, but I think it's 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 a bitter pill to swallow when you, you've seen Ralston's goal chopped off. Uh, yeah. And then the the salt is rubbed in the wounds with the you know forests um, play and in, in the handball uh, at the other end, and you look at that because it's as clear a handball and a penalty as you'll see all day yeah. long. So yeah. if you concede that the the penalty was um, indeed a penalty for Hearts, I think the the counter argument to that is that there's been two decisions that have been woeful, uh, and you know they've gone against Celtic.
3: Not just the decisions being woeful, but the, the administration of the decisions as well. You know, why does it take about four minutes before the referee even decides to go and have a look at the video? As soon as he gets the shout, he should be right. Stop. Go and have a look. It should be done in less than a minute. In the meantime, he's standing there going, stop, 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 stop. And I'm like, what are you doing? Go and che- if, if, it's, if it's not, if you think it's the wrong decision, go and check it. If it's not yeah. play on. It's a simple it's a binary choice, you know?
2: Um I well, really don't I'm it. gonna I'm gonna bring this up because right. it's not about conspiracies. Um maybe we are, your <laughs> goes. It, it's not conspiracies though. What what it is, it's about I'm gonna go back to it. It was the same prior to VAR being introduced, Liam. Um mm. it's about consistency, isn't it? And I don't think but right, you know, if you just look at the VAR decisions in that first half, have they been consistent? And I would say no. I don't think they All have right. been consistent. But it's just about consistency. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying anything other than that. Um, is it beyond incompetence? I'll leave that up to yourself to decide. Um, the Ralston diving header, by the way, let's not forget how good a goal that was. I Oof, mean, it's, it's so I... unfortunate for Tony Ralston. They've done so well to get through that, that sea of bodies and get on the end of it. Um, brilliant goal. It's just a shame that it's been chopped off by uh, VAR. I've seen uh, the boy Devlin going in late on Jens, but Jens was the one that ended up in the book in that first half, which was unusual. Um, And of course... That that, that was a strange one.
3: Yeah, the Mm. the Jens booking was a strange one because to me, it's both players are at it, but the Hearts player gets a second prize simply because he's smaller. You
2: know, it's
3: just um, you either book both of them or you book neither of them because they were both... The arms were up from both of them. So...
2: I really think De- it's, Devlin, it's, it's a stupid one. He's like it he is, but Devlin you know what he's like, Liam, don't you? We've seen it. We've seen it against Celtic time and time again. He'll go over the ball. He's that type Aye. of player. Um, it reminds me of Scrappy Doo from the old scooby Doo cartoons. You know the the wee guy, the wee guy, the wee guy who always wanted a fight. Aye. Yeah, Aye. that's Aye. the Aye. one. The wee Aye. irritating Aye. one. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> Craig, um, <laughs> um, I'm bringing this up because somebody's agreeing with me, Liam. Else uh, is Aye. a definite you You're right. Thank you. Aye. as long as I'm late once in a weekend. Um, we've had we've had a thousand of you live on the halftime bulletin because I think there was just a feeling of frustration uh, when the halftime whistle was blown. Um, a couple of you have, have left the broadcast, so that would suggest that the second half about to kick off. Liam, just uh, you know, going through some of the some of the first half, is there anything you would do differently in the second half? Any changes you would make at halftime, even, or is it one of the ones where you're giving them 15 minutes to the second half again?
3: No, I think we need we need to we need to get back out in front quickly. I would I would um immediately swap out uh Maeda and Jakamachis for Kyogo and Haksabanovich. Jakamachis you know, is it's just it's just not his game today,
2: unfortunately. It's not happening for him. It's not, and it looks as though anything he does will be penalised. again yes. I'm going back yeah. to that. It do, you know, it does look as though he's putting himself about, which I love when a big guy does that. I love when he does it in Europe. Um, but he's been penalised for it today. So if you do take him off, you've got the craft and the wizardry of um, Kyogo and Haksabanovic. Haksabanovic is on great form. I'm not sure I would make any other changes than that at this moment no. in time. Still confident of a win, Liam, before we go back to join the action? Yeah, I'm going to predict 3-1. Brilliant. I'd love to see it. We'll see you at full time. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Thank you, Liam yeah. Carrigan, for joining me on a Celtic Cheers. newspaper night. Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm delighted to be joined by Celtic Down Unders, Liam Carrigan, for the post-match for Hearts 3 Celtic 4. What an afternoon of football that was, Liam. Um, So that I can catch my breath, take me through your thoughts (laughs) of that second half and then we'll look at the game as a whole. Well, I'm just going to say, whoever that
3: halfwit was you had on at the halftime show who said that, you know, uh, take off Marcus Maida, sack him. Uh- <laughs> oh, wait, that was me. Sorry. Um, no, uh, great, great second half, really. Um, do you know, if there is such a thing as a neutral fan watching that today, what a- an incredible game of footballing drama. Um, a lot of it concocted by the, you know, horrifically incompetent referee. But still, a, a great spectacle for for television. I would suggest.
2: Um, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we'll go through it blow by blow. Liam. <laughs> and, uh, it's hard. It's hard when uh, you're so emotionally invested in a game to think about it that way. You know, when the mm. pressure's on you, you're hitting back. But uh, after the event, particularly when you've, you've won the game. You can concede Aye. that actually that would have been some spectacle for anybody watching. Even though you know we'll get back to the couple of bad decisions that we think the the officials got wrong in the first half, but um, mm. we did we did prevail. We did get the win. I'm going to bring up as many comments as I can. I understand it will be a busy one this afternoon because that was some game. Michael McDonald uh, never felt comfortable the whole game. I know the feeling. Uh, mm. Moy though is looking more and more like an old pals act signing. I mean other than mm. the miss. And and it was a bad miss. Other than Aye. the miss, though. I mean, he, he played a part. He played a part in a couple of the goals as well.
3: He he did a good job of... Uh, there was a couple of times when he made good forward runs that, that took the pressure off us as well when we were ahead. Um, no, I think... Not Not his best game in a Celtic shirt, but definitely not his worst either. I think he, he put in a good shift today, Moy.
2: Yeah, I did. And as I say, I mean, uh, one of the goals we were, we were looking at... In that second half, or we will look at rather, will show that he was certainly involved. Um, as were the substitutes that were made, I think mm. yeah, they were made at just the right time. The subs were made on 65 and we got our uh, reward just 10 minutes later. We'll be talking about we Greg Taylor as well, um, <laughs> who has come through a rough patch um, mm. and his journey, his, his transition from... Um, a lot of people reckon he was uh, a good domestic player. I know to me today he was domestic, but I think he's shown good form in Europe this season as well, William. Let's have a wee word then about the guy who got the winning goal, Greg Taylor. Um, going into the pre-season, I think a lot of the chat was around trying to get that that kind of balance where, you know, you've got Ralston there who you're quite confident with, but we've brought in mm. Jananovic and there's a, a bigger, higher step up there's a standard. And you want that in every position. We didn't have it in goals. I think we do now. We didn't have it at left-back, and we certainly do now, because Taylor's uh, obviously not been dropped, uh, but he's not made the starting lineup today. Um, mm-hmm. But I think when he came on, it was a, it was another reminder of just how good his form has been recently. Yeah, and it's also
3: interesting to think that, you know, I, I made the point pre-match that I felt Taylor was a more defensive, um, solid option, whereas Burnaby was more about, you know, getting forward and attacking. And yet, <laughs> There's Taylor popping up and scoring the, the, the winning goal today just to just to kind of you know completely destroy my narrative. Uh it was uh yeah, it was great to see. Really good to see. And the thing is, you know, we look at I, I've spoken before about how I don't like the way certain players are singled out when we don't have a good game. And mm. today you had you know, Forrest again, Maida. And finally, Greg Taylor. You know, three guys that have all come in for abuse at different times and yet, you know, scored very important goals for us today.
2: No, you're right. And uh, I would throw into the mix as well, although he didn't score, he did set up the first goal. Tony Ralston obviously has come through that. Um, and, you know, the, the thing with Taylor is I, I think that he has developed massively since Ange in, as has many of the players in the squad. I'm not sure um, why it took so long for them to establish himself as a Celtic player. Uh, a lot mm. of people are about the we're talking about the Tierney effect. People are talking about Tierney before the game, um, and I just think you know there's there is a step up. We don't do it that often these days when we don't buy from the Scottish market as often as we probably once did. Um, and sometimes you know the guys that you bring in are unfashionable. I think right. yeah, boys suffer a wee bit from that as well. Um, I know we didn't buy them domestically, but he's an unfashionable signing, um, just like Greg Taylor. But you know, uh, other people were a wee bit concerned that uh, he was brought up a Rangers fan. He obviously played for Rangers when he was a youth and all this nonsense. But <laughs> I, I don't think that matters one jot. You've seen the, the joy after he scored against Rangers last season. You've seen the joy right. in his after he scored uh, today, and it looks as though he's he's a right popular um, part of that squad. Uh, I know there was a wee clip of the. The team group getting photographed during the week there and obviously there, mm-hmm. there was that wee bit about him and Jota and I just think he's a guy that's uh, definitely got over that and he's de- he is also the first choice left back isn't he? I know he was left yeah. out today, but he is the first choice left back on the JV with that.
3: He is and, and he's there on merit um, you know Bernabe has to earn that, that spot because it is Greg Taylor's at the moment and, and it should be
2: you know, I've been a big um, champion at Burnaby in the last wee while. I mean, he, he came in, he didn't step right into the team. There was then that instant off the park. I wasn't mm. convinced from the pre-season, but I wasn't writing him off because it's, you know, first Argentinian, it's, it's a huge transition. Um, and then yeah. he came into a game and he, he had some really, really good performances. But today, I think, probably highlighted what you said there um, in relation to Greg Taylor. When it comes to the defensive side of it, he's he's not there yet. I don't think he's certainly not up there no. with Greg Taylor defensively, is he?
3: De- no, definitely not. Definitely not. But you know, time is on his side. Um, he's a young player, but he's also very new to to Celtic, and particularly with defenders, it can take a bit longer to bed in than because you know if a if a striker scores within his first two or three games, that's him away and he's flying. Defenders can consum- some I mean, a good example of that is uh looking back to when I first started following Celtic back in the nineties, Alan Stubbs. Mm. Alan Stubbs went on to become a, a hero to, to a lot of Celtic fans, but for his first probably about six to nine months, he was rank right, rotten. It just he couldn't he couldn't put a foot right, you know. Um and it was just the bedding in time. It took him time yeah. to find his feet and realise what he had to do and what was expected of him and Bernabe I mean he's already doing better than I think Stubbs was in his first few games with Celtic but um it's uh, you know in time he will grow into the role but at the moment Greg Taylor is the man and uh,
2: Bernabe has to learn from that. I think it's it is always useful to look at uh, the history books and, and find other similar examples. Stubbs is a very good shout actually I remember his first game Aberdeen at Pataudry gets sent off didn't he? That's um, right aye. Yep. and this is a guy who went on to have some real success at Celtic I, I remember watching an interview probably when he was back at Everton as a coach uh, and he mm-hmm. was having a chat through his career when Celtic signed him it, it was a big big deal I remember Burns shelling out a lot of money and uh, there were various clubs interested in him at aye. that time English clubs he was part of that Bolton team where Alan Thompson and Jason McAteer, all the guys that went on to bigger and better things but you're right it took him a while it took Paul Elliott a wee while as well when he came to Celtic yeah. just to adapt and like you say it's not a goal you're looking for you know it, it's the no. performances and then the, the consistency of performance of course we mm. went through the first half and we'll come back to that for anybody who never tuned in at half time uh, but let's have a look at some of the incidents in the second half and we'll work our way back there Liam. we've already st- uh, spoke about the winning goal but there's yeah. a lot more to speak oh, about oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, we went in. We went in there at one-one, and at time you and I were talking about maybe uh, mixing it up a bit. The chat and the comments was that the Hearts were were in this game. They were giving us a good game, no denying that. Um, mm. And obviously, we'll come back to the bar. But anyway, what happened was, you know, as soon as we kick off, Hearts open the scoring, uh, and <laughs> and the you know again Vacek, Shankland scores a goal, and we're two-one down. Tell me at that point when we're talking about character, test the character, the we never stop mantra, what are you thinking um, at that moment? Because I've got to say, I knew because of the type of game it was, there was more goals in this. I wasn't that concerned I, at that moment in time. No, well, I I, I I,
3: said to my, I was watching the game with my dad over over the, the iPad. And, um, and I said to him, I said, look, that this is not going to... there's no way it's going to finish 2-1 i said i've no idea what the score's going to be now i said but i don't i don't see it finishing uh you know finishing 2-1 um i i thought um i thought celtic would probably come back and win 3-2 to be honest but then credit to hearts they came back into it again mm. and um and i think there's a lesson to be learned here from now hearts didn't get any points today but i think they would have earned a lot of respect with that performance from people who are maybe not necessarily fans of Scottish football. Tuning into that game today because it's on the telly, expecting Celtic to steamroller hearts because yeah. that's, what we, that's what we usually do to most teams in this league. Um, and hearts gave us a, a real fright and gave us a really good game. I don't mean this to be in any way patronising. Genuinely, I think hearts deserve credit for albeit a referee-assisted, um, you know, competitive game, but a very competitive game. And if I was a Hearts fan, I wouldn't be too despondent about that tonight. I think they, they can hold their heads high and say they contributed to a very, very good
2: spectacle. Massively. And, and I mean, they have come up against uh, Celtic side who are in free scoring forum: Two games, ten goals, uh, mm. one goal conceded. And, yeah we did have to score four goals to win the game, but it was much, much tighter than the previous two fixers, like you say. Um, yep. Now, the thing with Moy, let's talk about Moy. Mm. It's time to talk right. about Aaron Moy, right? Oh, dear. yes, yes. We'd, we'd, we'd already had this chat about Moy because he's you know, he's starting to rack up the starts, Um mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of that is down to the fact that the captain's injured. We know that. But um, I was bigging him up. And the first thing, the real contribution that he makes in the second half is he, he misses what we used to call a sitter. Was it as bad as that he should score? He should definitely hit the target, shouldn't he?
3: But for me, a sitter is an open goal, right? And that was not an open goal because he still had to beat the goalkeeper. It's a very, very bad miss. But it's not its not—it's not like Peter Van Vossen level of miss, you know? Um, it's... Uh,
4: Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent.
0: As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
2: There's I, loads of 90s references, by the way, but just keep them coming. I, they, uh, I, I remember I, them well. Aye. <laughs> um... No, but, but again, the thing—the funny thing is,
3: though, you know, the Van Vossen one was quickly forgotten by that particular set of fans because they won that game. And yeah. I think Aaron Moy consider himself a lucky boy that we went on to win this game today because he'll, be, he'll get a lot less abuse than he would have if we had not won today and he missed that chance. Um, For sure. He actually had time, I think, to trap the ball and place it. He didn't have to take it first time. I think he actually had the enough space where he could have actually stopped and put his foot in the ball and then picked his spot. But you know, I cre- give the goalkeeper some credit. Right, he comes out, makes himself big, and he forces Moy to try and place it into the corner. Um, and he puts it wide. It's it's a bad miss, but you know, like I say, there's been plenty. Ronnie Rosenthal, there's another one for you. Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: that was yes. that, that was that was worse by far, you know. Look <laughs> it up. Look it up on YouTube if you're a wee bit younger. No, but you're uh, right. I mean a couple of things about that miss, uh, Aaron Moy, yeah, I totally agree. Should score. Uh Yakimakis thought he had scored because he's running away with the arms up. <laughs> um, Moy's going to slot it away. But uh, again, as you say, you forget the miss because we won the game. Let's not forget Maeda's part in that, the build-up for that. It was a brilliant weed, in the, the kind of side of the foot. Oh, um, yes. Lovely. Aye. Brilliant. And it's great aye. to see him playing with a wee bit more confidence. Liam, I know you're a big fan. But, mm. you know, he did. He went through a tricky patch there for a few weeks, didn't he? Aye, aye. And, you know, he still, he still needs to... He's still no.
3: I still, still don't think he's close to being back to his best yet. And that will come. I'm sure it will, because he's got it in him. And, you know, he's also playing for a World Cup starting place at the moment. You know, he will be in the Japan squad, but will he start? That's a big question. And what he does with Celtic in the next three or four weeks is going to go a long way to determining that.
2: Yeah. We'll come, we'll come to the goal and uh, the, the celebration as well because mm-hmm. uh, I think there was just a, an outpouring of emotion and you understand it because, like you say, not only is he want to get over the, the tricky patch he's had, you'll have one eye uh, on the international stage as well. I'm really keen to get comments coming in as well as we work mm-hmm. our way through this game. At the moment, we're up at um, Hearts uh, winning 2-1 at this stage. Shanklin's open the scoring. Mikkelian, one word for that VAR experience. Maybe the game Mm -hmm. is too quick in end-to-end terms compared to the EPL. Not comparing the standards, just the regulatory of these decisions in both ends. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, VAR, I mean, regardless of how entertaining the game was, um, there is this overarching uh, discussion around the VAR and the performance around VAR. We spoke a fair bit about it at halftime and we will come back to it because there's, there's absolutely no doubt... That it's going to create controversy um, if it's used the way it is today, Liam. And I'm pretty sure is going to have a few things to say if he's asked the question this time round. I'm, al- I'm already thinking tomorrow's back page headline is going to be
3: he's made a verse of it. <laughs> you could be a
2: headline writer with that.
3: I used to be out. one back in the day, but not <laughs> anymore. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you should write our taglines, Oh, God, no.
3: Um, but, yeah, that, that's, that's the sad thing. You know, a very entertaining game of football, but the referee is all that the, the papers are going to talk about tomorrow. Um, and, you know, we've not even had the Rangers game yet, so God knows what's going to happen in that game. <laughs>
2: but Again, I, I asked you, I think it was before the game, Liam, I, w- I was talking mm-hmm. about, you know, Andy's reaction. And, Andy's come to Scottish football. And he's done it his way in terms of uh, the dealing with the media. And yeah. I think that there's been many occasions where he has seemed a little bit kind of tired of the, the line of questioning. Um, but again, none more so this week when it was va, va, va. So on the one hand, you're, you're from a journalistic background, understand why journalists are asking him the question? Because there's a, there's a few, few reasons for that. I mean, they're working for editors who are asking for for various things. But mm. at the same time, he was at the end of his teller talking about va. Wow. I'm pretty sure though that will come up in the post match. I've I've obviously not seen a post match interview. Well,
3: the, uh, the thing the thing is with that from the from the journalist point of view. Now I understand one person asking him the question. But at that press conference the other day, he was asked the same question in about five or six different ways. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that is, it's very, very poor journalism because the thing is, if you go, I mean, I've been to press conferences where I've covered like, Celtic Rangers, Hibs Hearts, whatever, and they, you know, every attendee usually gets a transcript of what was said or they're allowed to record the entire thing so they can basically quote anything the manager says at the end of that whether they've asked the question or not so to me i think it's actually a bit of ego with some of these writers as well that they want to be the one that 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 triggers Ange postacoglou to saying something controversial you know what is the most controversial thing Ange will do is be called the call the mate 'Cause if you if you're familiar with Australian vernacular, that usually means the exact opposite, you know.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, yeah, d- just before Yakimakis gets on the score sheet to continue his incredible goal scoring record that he's had since mm-hmm. he came Celtic. Um James De Forest was in and about it again and, and he had a shot well saved with Craig Gordon. Um a few moments later we're when the corner comes over and we score From the the resulting corner, it's a great header, and at that point, we've scored two goals. It's two each, and both goals have come with headers, Liam. But Mm -hmm. Yakamakis, I mean, yeah, we we spoke about him at the beginning of the game, and we were both saying, you know, we understand why he's starting this game—the physical aspect of it. Hearts had already Mm -hmm. talked that up leading up to the game, and he gets us back in the game. It was quoted, uh, the commentary team quoted that it was his 19th goal in 20 starts. And I know that all the statos and, and the data guys don't even look at that now. They're just looking at minutes and goals and assists per minute. His stats are incredible, William. Absolutely yeah. astonishing since he came to the club. But yeah. I, I would stand by the fact that there are certain games I would rather play QBO. Today wasn't one yeah. of them, though. And, no. he, and he proved he proved the guy at half time wrong as well by getting us back in the game. Yes, yep, yeah, yes. <laughs>
3: as, as, did, uh, as did Dyson, as dies in, so I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna take that take that one
2: on the chin, as Tony Mowbray would say. <laughs> the, the thing um, with, with Yakymakis as well, stop start, um, you know, beginning of the Celtic clear, but now right. he, he's he's at a stage now where I always go back to the comment that Anthony Joseph made about him when he signed for Celtic for something like two and a half million quid, and he was he was basically of the view. That um, his previous club were were looking for 12 million euros had they stayed in the division. So we've got a player there again, uh, you know, because of the circumstances, like Haxabanovich, different set of circumstances, like various players, we're getting them in at the right price, Liam. Um, And it's brilliant, it's superb recruitment, isn't
3: it? I mean, that's the thing, you know, I don't, I, I do have sympathy for, for example, clubs like Ruben Kazan, right? Because the situation in their country is in no way they're doing, right? So they're being ostensibly punished for something that's completely beyond the sphere of football, right? Uh, but football's a ruthless game, and Celtic have taken full advantage of that, and they're perfectly entitled to,
2: you know? Yeah, nice. Same with yeah. uh,
3: same with when if a Dutch team gets relegated and we're able to get their striker for a knockdown fee, that's business. Was it, what is it Michael Corleone said? It's nothing personal,
2: it's just business. You know, <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. And by the uh, way, I thought you were going to bring in the other signing from Ruben Kazan because we were informed that his name is Abligo. So there you go. Oh, OK. Um, I, I've been calling him Guard. Apologies for everybody uh, that uh, knows the correct pronunciation. So Celtic, get back to 2-2. And Bohin Bob comes in here to say, uh, they threw everything they had at us today. And the good guys won. We never stopped. Yeah. Um, that, that was the mantra. That's the mantra, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's a massive part of that goes down to the kind of marketing team at Celtic looking for certain things that they can, you know, they can use with their promotional mm-hmm. campaigns and they can use with merchandise, etc. And I remember back to Neil Lennon, and it was the Thunder, remember? And then yeah. Ronnie Ways Roar and, and Ange, this, you know, Ange now has We Never Stop, We Don't Stop. Um and by the way, I think it's it's one of the things that um, when he spoke about it, when he had that mic'd up session all those months ago, mm. Liam, a lot of these people, I'm not talking about Celtic fans, by the way, but a lot of the, the press guys, etc., were were criticising him, saying, you know, that's just basic football, what he, <laughs> what he was chatting. But, I mean, uh, I think he's had the last yeah. laugh because, again, today, there were so many moments of that game where we're getting the, the stuffing knocked out of us, but we come back. Mm. We come back and yeah. we don't stop, and we win the game. Um, and I think you know a massive part of that is the character of this football club. We spoke about a cultural change when Neil Lennon was uh, in his last days at Celtic. How impressed uh, have you been with this culture that that Big Ange has implemented at Celtic? Uh,
3: it's it's everything that I I hoped and I believed it could be, and and more. It's it's absolutely amazing. The um. You know i i look back to and obviously i'm looking through nostalgic lenses here right but my my first season as a season ticket holder at celtic was the treble season martin o'neill's first year so i look back on that that set of players with a particular set of font with a particular fondness and a particular you know uh, affection but i remember going to games then and there was occasionally a time where we might have been drawing at halftime or even losing at halftime but there was always just this belief that it's all right. Martin's got it in hand. We're going to come back and win this game. And, you know, 99 times out of 100, we did. Yeah. And I have not I have not really, you know, Gordon Strachan achieved great things with Celtic. It took us to the last 16 of the Champions League for the first time. Neil Lennon did it again. Ronnie Diler brought in some good new ideas at Celtic, even though it didn't quite work as much as we wanted it to. Um... And now, but with Ange, this is the first time since the Martin and Earle era where I've sat down with games like today. And even when we go two-one down after fifty minutes, I'm like, "Nah, we're going to win this. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no doubt in my mind. We are going to come back and win this." And we did. You know, it's a, it's a really nice
2: feeling to get back to that that level of confidence again. No, you're right. I I know exactly what you mean because I mm. think. Um, it was down to the mentality of Martin O'Neill's team, but also the personnel, because all you had to do was look around that team and think to yourself: there's guys in that side um, who are game changers, and you had your talisman, of course, uh, and, and Henrik. But there was many other players on that part that could really turn the game around for you. And yeah. we've got that, we've got that blend right now, Liam. We, we do. We've got. I mean, the winning goal scored by our, our left back. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, goal, the goals are, are not just coming from. And this is another interesting thing when you look at the the brilliant goal scoring record of Yakamakis. That's all fair and well, but nobody hit twenty goals uh, last season for Celtic. Twenty league goals for Celtic. Um, you know, we've we've had occasions in the past where players have hit 30, 40, 50 goals for Celtic, and mm-hmm. often you do have that that focal point. The, the goals are spread all over the park. So even if somebody's having a, a half-night, like he the other night, you still expect to score. It's so uh, important. I think it was you that said that, though. He doesn't look for talismanic figures, does he? He, he looks for every single position, um, a specific player to fit that role. Um, I, and that that's I, exactly what we're getting now, isn't it? Yep. Yeah you know in, in previous years we have got
3: good players and built teams around those good players like henrik larson right now, mm-hmm. henrik larson was well I, I i wasn't you know i'm not old enough to have seen jinky play live so henrik larson is the greatest player i've ever seen play for celtic right um but you know we had that luxury to be able to build a team around him and yeah. he elevated you know some other players who were very good but were not on the same level as him into being part of a great team. But with with Ange, that's the great thing as well. You Everybody's kind of, back in the day, everybody had Lawson's name in the back of their shirt, right? Now, you look around, Jota, Hitate, Kyogo, There's there's about eight or nine different players. Everyone's got like, oh, that's my favourite player. I mean, personally, Joe Hart's probably my favourite player at the moment. You know, and that's That's incredible. To, to think that I, <laughs> I'd have England second all time cap goalkeeper as my favourite player is really it really saying something,
2: you know. <laughs> you need to start buying the goalie jerseys, Liam. That's something that we don't do that often. Buy the goalie I, I do
3: actually have a couple of Celtic goalie jerseys, aye. um But I, I'm not getting an England one, so let's not go there. <laughs> my, my dad would
2: disown me. <laughs> There is there is a moment actually that uh, obviously Joe Hart saved a penalty in that second half, um, yeah. but we'll get to that because there was a part of that that whole passage of play that I found quite mm-hmm. interesting with, with Big Joe. But um, we then uh, we go we go uh, three two up, and this is the moment I think when Aaron Moy shot. plays a massive part in the goal. And at that stage, I'm just basically saying, all is forgiven, Aaron. We're back ahead. Aye. Your miss is forgotten about. And it's 3-2. Um, but I want to make a- another point about Maeda, because mm-hmm. he was looking a wee bit short of confidence, wasn't he? Um, Aye. He scores that goal. And the first thing he does, what used to happen against Rangers in, in the One stand, you just jump into the crowd. Aye. I loved it. Aye. It was fantastic. Aye. And he was embraced. Uh, and, you know, whatever he was feeling in terms of uh, something, you know, negativity or he wasn't confident, it's all mm-hmm. washed away now. So it was tremendous to see the reaction he got.
3: Aye, aye. The, the, y- you just love to see that. I, I've seen that in the past with so many players who... I mean, big John Hartson was like that. I think he... Did he not go something like eight or nine games before he scored his first goal for Celtic?
2: Yes, i he certainly did, yeah. Aye.
3: Um, you know, and... Well, if... Uh, if Dyson goes on to have half the career that Big Hearts did at Celtic, he'll be doing well. <laughs>
2: um, Absolutely. But I mean, yeah. again, these things, it's, it's energy, it's the positivity, it's the fans. We're, we're all in this together and if May, I had any doubt, then I think that was washed away after they scored that goal and embraced um, right. with the pun- punters behind the behind the goal. Now, the penalty that got Hearts back in the game, you know, the mm. one thing I was going to mention was Hearts Park in that, that initial penalty whereby uh, I don't know what he's saying to the player but he's giving him the big grin he's uh, yeah. the big, big Hollywood <laughs> grin standing there um, trying to psych him out and he psyched him out he saved the penalty, we know that it was retaken right? but he saved the penalty so again, let's have a wee chat about Joe Hart because he's, he's had a wee bit of stick rightly so, a couple of bad games mm. but that's why he's in there, that's why Joe Hart's in, in, in uh, the number one position and by the way Maybe, maybe Seagris will get the League Cup games. I'm happy with that.
3: Yeah, that that's that's perfectly reasonable. Big big teams do that. You have your cup goalkeeper, you know. Um, but something about the penalty which I wanted to pick up on, um, which I thought was demonstrated Joe Hart's great leadership qualities. Um, Moritz Jens gives away the penalty, right? Mm-hmm. And he's already on a yellow card. Now, I. You know, I said to my dad, I said, he, he could be off here. Because I thought the foul for the penalty was probably a, more of a bookable offence than the one he actually got carded for in the first half, which I felt was a yeah. very soft booking. Um, I, But Jens is remonstrating with the referee, and Joe Hart just steps between them. He's like, leave it. Mm-hmm. Go away. Back off. And I thought, that is brilliant leadership. Because he knows... If Jens doesn't shut his trap, he's going to get red carded. Absolutely. So he's like, just back off, I'll deal with it, shut up. You know? I thought that was that was excellent leadership.
2: No, it's a good point, Liam, because, you know, think think back to uh, Dens Park last season, and he'd done something similar with Juranovic, who was losing the plot, and Aye. he basically shoved them into the net. And he got him away from the. He got him away from the, the area where he might have got himself into a bit of trouble. No, that's a great point. I've got to say though, I mean, yeah, I did think Jens was unlucky with with his, um with his booking. We've seen a lot of really silky performances from him, where it's all to do with his use of the ball, the passing ability, distribution, etc. Today mm. was a different game. Um, where he had to do the dirty work and, and you know what I think he did he did just fine doing the dirty work getting stuck in you know the tackles the headers um, so I think they have seen a different side to Jens and I, I'm going to maintain that when Starfield comes back Liam he's got a job mm-hmm. to uh, move Jens from that left-sided central defence So he have been quite happy with the, the performances of him and Carter Vickers together as a partnership
3: I mean that's the thing up until a couple of weeks ago I would have said it's, it's Starfield and Carter Vickers because that's the strongest partnership but I acknowledge there was a debate to be had over individually who was a better player, Starfelt or or the ends. It's obviously a fully fit team, it's always going to be Carter Vickers plus one. That's just that's you know, that, that he he's undroppable. Um and he is also our acting captain now, we should remember. Um mm-hmm. but um I think that... Jens, with every game that goes past, it becomes more difficult for Starfield to get back into that team because Jens is starting to show that he can forge as good, if not better, a partnership with, with Carter Vickers. Um, yeah, and I think C- Carter, Vickers makes, right, Carter Vickers makes whoever's playing with him better. Oh, yeah.
2: That, that, agree that's with the that. reality of it, you know? I'd agree with that. Yeah. I think that there was an example, we're not comparing uh, like for like in terms of the player, but the scenario um, where Van Dyke. Uh, and the players he played alongside and Denier. And by the way, I like Denier, but I think he would certainly looked better alongside Big Virgil. Um, and then the thing that's working in Jens' favour, of course, is that's his natural position. And I always yes. feel Staffelt has got that against him. He's not naturally left-footed. Sometimes takes an extra touch because of it. Um, so, yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Um, we've spoken about the winning goal. We spent 15 minutes after him talking about the two VAR decisions that they got wrong Um, Mm -hmm. you know we're talking about refereeing decisions that they got wrong VAR decisions they got wrong Celtic showed enough character to come through all of that kind of um, adversity and they won the game 4-3 and we're sitting pretty on top of the league Liam I've got to thank everybody for getting involved I've got to thank Liam for uh, dialing in from Japan it's always a real pleasure uh, we do the the, um, the match day games with Celtic Down Under. If you haven't already, you know, subscribe to them on YouTube, follow them on Twitter and Facebook. Get in about their channel as well. It's uh, all great stuff. Uh, you go out once a week on Celtic Down Under as well, Liam, don't you? Yep, um,
3: usually on a Wednesday, but I think this week alone we're going to be doing things on a Tuesday, uh, just just this right. week. Um, but ordinarily it would be a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, Scottish time when we would go up
2: Brilliant, check the guys out um, tuning in from or zooming in or dialing in from Australia (laughs) and Japan to make up the team Um, If you want to support the channel, like this video give us a thumbs up, subscribe to us on YouTube and if you want to buy some merchandise for Christmas then um, visit the link underneath the video, normally I've got it on a mannequin but I'm streaming from Dunfermline due to the fact that they won't let us out of five two weeks running um, and that's road traffic issues, by the way, nothing to do with tags, <laughs> etc. Right. Thank you, everybody, for getting involved. And thank you, Liam Carrigan, for joining me on a Celtic statement.
0: When MMA fighter Clay Guida was losing his hair, he trusted Bosley to get it back. Now it's your turn. Get a free information kit, plus get a $250 off gift card when you text SCORE to 203203. That's text SCORE to 203203. Don't wait, text SCORE to 203203.
1: Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know, it's just phone internet